Folks, welcome to our monthly hot seat in Builders Inner Circle. The uh, the topic of conversation in this particular hot seat is all about getting massive leverage by implementing systems and procedures um, and learning all about um, where you can implement systems and procedures because I think uh, – for, for most small businesses and definitely most building businesses, they tend to think systems and procedures are for the standard generic type stuff, you know, how how we order things and, um, you know, the, 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 a bit more of the construction, the building sort of things. But there are so many other areas of, the, of, a, of a business that are really important, such as the attract uh, and and trying to attract better quality projects for better quality people, that needs to be systemized. You need to have measurable procedures for that. And then the qualification process to get people from a prospect to becoming a quality customer, that all needs to be procedurized, systemized, measured. People building people and growing people. And that's what I'm most excited about talking to our guest Adam tonight about because they have done an an extraordinary job of building a team. Uh, In fact, I I had a bit of a chat to their team just the other day and they they really are an extraordinary team. But that that has come about through obviously uh, the, the, the desire and the efforts of the guys who own the business. But much of it has to be procedurized so it can be measured and managed. And then obvious, the obvious ones are the, uh, you know, the financial decisions, the financial measurement and management all needs to be procedurized. But there are right ways of implementing procedures and there are wrong ways. And uh, I've done it mostly the wrong ways in the past. And, uh, you know, and it's not about just creating procedures. There's a right right way of going about this because a procedure is worthless until and unless the people who are following the the procedure will follow it and it's their default way. It's it's what they want to do. It's not, they don't do it because they have to do it. They do it because they want to do it. Uh, So we're going to talk about how we get to that point as well. So if you guys have got any questions as we go through, um, hang on, I just need to press a button there as well because I'm only beaming out to Facebook and I forgot the people who have registered and are joining us on Zoom. So Welcome to the people who are joining us on Zoom as well. We're going out on two platforms um, and uh, people were in uh, Zoom land like Susan. So my apologies, Susan, um, was just sitting there waiting for the program to start and I've already started just talking to the people on Facebook. How terrible of me. And Stevie O was also on Zoom. So uh, good evening, you guys. Uh, so if you're on Zoom and you want to ask a question, just pop it in the chat box uh, and we'd be happy to answer it. Uh, and if you're on Facebook, you know the drill there in the comment section. So on uh, Facebook so far, we've got Hugh, we've got Wayne, we've got Lee, we've got Stevie Glover, we've got Ben, and that's all so far. But there's, there may be other people out there, but uh, until and unless you say hi through the comment section, we don't know you exist. So let me welcome our special guest for this evening, Mr. Adam Wolf from uh, Rock City Building Group. How are you this evening? I'm fantastic, Mick. Thank you. Um, excited about tonight and I, I think you are too because when when I reached out to you to ask if you would uh, be with us tonight and, and share your experience with us, you said I quote unquote love talking about this sort of stuff. Um, and it's it's kind of obvious why because you you've you've implemented it in your business and it has I think the effort has returned. Uh, in spades on your investment? 
I think we're starting to feel the real effort now, um, the real investment, the return on investment now. We um, obviously building homes is a 12-month process, so implementing systems and structures to build them take time for, for that to uh, evolve and, and it took us a while to get those processes from start to finish on a job. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to go way, way back. Uh, and and the, the reason I want to go way back is because you guys have been doing this for a significant period of time, perhaps five, six years, somewhere around that, um, meaning that you have been on purpose implementing uh, proceeding in various areas of your business. But I want you to go back uh, and and talk about right at the start because I think that the majority of people who will be watching this uh, either live tonight or the replay are going to be in that position where they, they've heard this before, like, yeah, systems and procedures, that's what I need to do but they are so caught up in the whirlwind of the day-to-day of the business, they kind of don't get it done. They, they keep yeah. thinking they need to do it, but it just, it just doesn't happen. So if you can remember back then, uh, what, were the, what were the doubts, what, were the, what was going on in your mind when you were thinking, yep, we need to do this? I think uh, there, was a, there was a moment, obviously, you know, our involvement with yourself, Mick, was pivotal. But but prior to that, we had a woman in our office and she was working on lots of stuff and she fell pregnant. And uh, at that stage, we were a maintenance business and there was, she, was, she was doing a lot of things. And so I bought a spiral-bound book and um, said to her, you need to write down how to do everything you do because we're going to need it for the next person. And, uh, and that was sort of the foundation of it. I think um, I always had this, like, not. I, I always had this mindset that um, the homes needed to be broken up into smaller stages. They needed to be done in a way that you could program smaller chunks of them, so that then you could impact the next stage before it was the end of the job. And so that was sort of the foundation of my mindset, thinking, you know, how can I do it? And so it was constantly revolving around in my mind. So where did you start? Like what, what was it just in, the, in that construction area? Because I know you guys ha- have implemented procedures and systems right across the, the board. I mean, you, you've even proceduralized how you communicate to a potential new architect that you feel that you might want to work with in the future, like down to that level, down to that that tiny focus. But you started first in the in in the production area, I guess. No, I think we started first in the administration area. Okay, cool. We worked quite extensively on on that role um, for the maintenance, and there was lots of paperwork and that sort of stuff to do, and then. There was lots of structures and systems that we had in place and we obviously were just two guys running the business from the office and so designing systems to then be able to delegate those to each other or or new people was the mindset. But, you know, we had lots of um, opportunities to fix because, you know, we started off laminating procedures and putting them on little rings on the wall and doing all these things that just don't work. You know, <laughs> it can't work. So, um, I mean, I've still got a big box of little rings in my drawer from this mindset that we'd have these procedure rings hanging up on the walls, you know. Um, but those administration procedures, as soon as we got Mick into our office, who works in our office, Mick Shaw, um, we just lent on all of those and he was like, oh, these are great. I mean, I was away on holidays Craig was um, desperate for some help and just left him and he did all this stuff for three weeks really without too much assistance from these old procedures. They weren't right, but there was enough in them to get what you needed to do. Yeah. Uh, so so that, that was- that's an interesting point. I'd just like you, your, your opinion on um, is that you, you were still able to get somebody 
to get a pretty reasonable result out of procedures that weren't right. And I think that is an unbelievably important point to perhaps labour on just a bit because there, there are people out there watching now and there are people out there will be watching the replay who have that perfectionist mindset and they'll make two mistakes. The first mistake is that they will won't implement a procedure until they think it's perfect. Mistake one, number one. Mistake number two is that they will come up with the procedure and then they will tell others to implement it. Do you want to talk on either or both of those points? Oh, well, I mean, it's doing ugly, right? It's that, I mean, that sort of mindset is is my go-to comment. I'm, I'm forever telling people, put it, in, put it up in a Dropbox in grey lead, pencil, whatever, you know. I was, I was that person. I was the one who started them with turn on computer, <laughs> open up Windows Explorer folder, you know, like that was how I started them. I mean, let's face it, if you don't know how to turn on a computer, you really probably shouldn't be working in the office. <laughs> so, you know, these were some of the things that I, I just thought you needed in it. And, um, and, I mean, the beauty of someone who hasn't used that procedure is they test it and then they can tweak it. So, um, no, I mean, we're, we're going through a bit of a transition with our current stuff now. The guys want them in checklists because they're like we're carpenters. We don't need to know, you know, the ins and outs of carpentry. We just need to know the things that we might forget. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's an important point too. Um, and I know that that long, long before Black Belt and long, long before we were we, we kind of were focusing on builders, I remember working in an accountant's office. Uh, one of our clients was an accountant and had, you know, quite a, a reasonable staff. And uh, I'd come up with this whole big concept of creating procedures and getting, you know, the, the whole office procedurized and following procedures. And in my mind, I wanted the, the the team to build the procedures. You know, I didn't want to teach people who already knew how to do their job to suck eggs. That, that's, that was what I thought. But obviously I didn't communicate it very well when I was doing the initial presentation to this office because I started talking about procedures and how procedures put together and how valuable it is and so on. And there was one lady who, who just sitting out the back just looked more angry and more angry with every word I spoke to the point where she stormed out of the room and burst into tears and I kind of stopped and um, walked out and, and said, are you okay? You know, what's going on? And she was good enough to tell me that, you know, I'm really mad right now because I've been working here quite a few years and I don't need people to tell me what to do. That's how the person perceived what procedures are. And that's the big mistake that you guys can make if you go, yep, yep, procedures, right, let's get procedures, let's do procedures. And you start writing procedures and you basically walk out on the balcony of your uh, castle, okay, you walk out and, and all of your plebs are down, you know, in, in the courtyard and you make a decree. From now on, we will be doing it this way. And then your next question is, why don't they love me? <laughs> and it's because they weren't involved in the, in the creation. And that, again, isn't probably as easy as uh, uh, I'm making out either to, to get the guys involved. H how did you go when you first started getting your team involved in contributing to either the creation, measurement or refinement of your procedures? Uh, well, <clears throat> initially, and, and if Wayno is watching, there was a, a moment when we were in Tassie, Mick, at, at one of our catch-ups and there was a question that was asked at that catch-up by Wayne, what's the difference between systems and procedures? And... At that time, I was just thinking well, the response is going to be it's the same thing. And, yeah. and the response was the system is what makes you use a procedure. Yeah. And that was a blinding flash of the obvious for me. And that's what we were missing. And so I spent a lot of time developing a tool 
that we could link procedures to. So then the team could then edit that, monitor that, which was a checklist tool, um, which became the system. And then they had engagement in that system. And so they didn't have to use the procedure. They felt like they knew how to do it. Yep. But if they didn't, there was a procedure linked to that checklist item that they could use as a resource. Yeah. And, and so once we started to connect the two and then give created accountability around these are the pain points on a job or these are the pain points on internal operations or these are the pain points in estimation, here's the, here's the prompts, here's the checklist items you need to do. If you don't know how to, here's a procedure on how to do it, but you're accountable to doing it that way. Then they would, well, they are constantly saying this procedure didn't work, that bit didn't work, this doesn't work, we change this, we change that, and so they've got complete control of that. Yeah. So that was that was a big change. Yeah. Did did um, you find it easy, or were there challenges initially getting them to? B- engage in even having conversations about procedures and, and um, you know, ch- changing things. Because one of the things that I talk about a lot is, is the, best, the best place to implement a procedure is where, and your words were p- a pain point. So anywhere where any one of your team members gets frustrated or bored or for whatever, they just don't like the way we're currently doing something. It creates a problem or a pain point, as you say. That that's a really great place to start, and I, I'm I'm I believe that if you start there, it's much easier to get engagement. Maybe one of the problems that people have is they go right. I've had this blinding flash of the obvious. We need to create procedures. They get the team together and say, right, we need to create procedures. Where do, you know, let, let's start creating procedures. And people just look at you blankly. Whereas if you talk about something that shits them, and, and maybe we could fix it somehow, th- then there's an opportunity for a procedure. Is that is that kind of how it went, or did it go different? Oh, we definitely had we, we had an hour of power on site for the guys to generate procedures, but they didn't know what to do. We had all different different things that, that went on that was tough, and everyone was looked pretty motivated to get involved, I think, um, but we didn't narrow our focus, you know. So um, we, we still – I still built a lot of procedures together with some of the guys, and the more senior guys saw the value, mm. the hardest part, was to get them to go and look at them. So how did you overcome that? With our system, creating accountability with the system that they follow now, which is literally pain points on a construction site. Yeah. Just and just then, go over that again, about the difference. Give your explanation of the difference between a procedure and a system because I think you kind of explained it, but it was it was quite brief. And it's a really important distinction to make, as you've just mentioned. The two aren't the same, but quite often people use them as an interchangeable term. They think systems and procedures are both the same thing and you could use either word, but a system is very different to a procedure and you need both. Yeah, I mean, like the system for us is a tool that's just a, a the, the project like a home is broken up into eight different stages there's a series of prompts which um, generate thought and that system is followed daily to um, show us as a leadership group within the, the the management levels of the business how well and effective the team are planning so that system's monitored and they're held accountable to following that system by checking those prompts off or not checking them off, you know, identifying areas where things in that might be wrong that we can then fix for the next job. And then the procedures to those prompts, like you might have um, set out boundaries with um, string lines of surveyors and, and there might be um, five procedures in one prompt. So you click on a Dropbox link, which would have those five procedures, and that would then uh, explain what it is you need to do for that specific site. Yeah. But there's lots of 
examples of systems and, and procedures, you know, like we're, everything's automated these days. I mean, I went to Hoyt's the other day and now you buy tickets on a, a wall thing. I mean, the system is to use it. That's their system. Yeah. And there would be a procedure on the screen that tells you how to use it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. Everywhere yeah. you let, everyone's automating everything. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't have to be automated. And and just to 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 clear it up, because Dougie said system question mark question mark. Um, in my world, the, the basic difference is a procedure are the steps to do something to 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 perform this task. Do this step one, followed by step two, followed by step three, and so on. There, that's the procedure, the steps to do something. A system is the thing that causes the person to follow those steps. So if, if they do step one and then they try to go to step two without, uh, sorry, step three without doing step two, a siren goes off and a red flashing light goes off. That's a system. It might be that um, that you need to, to do these three things at the end of the day uh, that that's the procedure, but you may need to make a phone call. Someone might need to phone Adam, for instance, and say, I've done this, this, and this. And if Adam doesn't receive the phone call, that triggers Adam to, to make a phone call to somebody to make sure those three things were done. So a, a system causes a procedure to be followed, but not in, not in all cases can you create a system to cause a procedure to be followed. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, in, in a moment is when you can't get a system to cause people to follow a procedure, the best way to get them to follow a procedure is have them contribute to the creation of it. So um, how often do you guys get together and discuss the, the creation, the refinement, or the improvement measurement of your procedures? Uh, weekly. We would talk about that stuff weekly. Yeah. Um, our our the system that we follow has prompts in it that identify uh, if, if you don't find problems or see opportunities within our procedures and our uh, system, then we're failing because we need to be constantly improving it. It's never done. Yeah. So yeah, they're constantly tested and, and yeah. I, I just asked you how often you you talk about it, and you you kind of said weekly. And the way you said it was like, of course we do it weekly. <laughs> it's like you'd be nuts if you didn't do it weekly. And I'll guarantee you there are people out there that will go weekly. Like we haven't got time to be talking about that weekly. I think we'd almost talk about it daily yeah. with different people. Yeah. That's why. I, it's I, that important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mick, you know, my one thing two years ago, maybe even longer, was um, uh, my dog's having a drink. <laughs> I've seen it in and out of the bed, like dogs do, doing circles before it sits down, <laughs> having a good old time. Uh, was was to, to build this system to remove me from the day-to-day decision-making. You know, that was that was the absolute goal, to, to get this tool to a place that enabled people to run a site without me having to make decisions. Um, and so whatever I can do to leverage that from me in terms of process, procedure, and and not only not and not limiting limiting it to me, but really making them aware that they're leveraging themselves. Yeah. Creating higher value for themselves by using and following that, which yeah. is so they get value out of it, but I, I want you to tell us the value that you've gotten out of having accomplished this because there's, there's a couple of things going on here that um, that you're getting out of the day-to-day by the creation and implementation of procedures that the team follow. So one of the biggest hurdles that you'll find for, for most builders is, is having trust 
to be able to let go. Like they just want to double check everything. Everything has to go through them, which creates uh, a, a prison. Like they just can't leave the business because they are the 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 bottleneck. Um, what what difference has it made to you and and your time freedom now that you've you're not sort of have to be involved in every day to day decision? Well, I mean, two weeks ago, the boys handed over a, a job for me. I mean, I went there in the last half an hour. And I, I actually, we had our memorable moment meeting at our meeting and I said that it wasn't so much a memorable moment. It was that I shouldn't be doing that, showing the clients around because they're the ones that did it. You should be showing the clients around because I didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, I, I, honestly, I got there with half an hour to go and it was amazing. And we got another one in three weeks and I'm going to be away. Um we had a wall collapse on a, on a home, which was a pretty big deal, and um, I, I wasn't around. Like everyone, everyone dealt with it. We had uh, that much information to send to the insurer that the insurer was just like, wow, I mean, I can't, I've, I've never seen so much uh, document from a, documentation from a site, <laughs> site diaries and um, correspondence and files and, and all sorts of stuff. So, and, and the team are just um, ha- that's habitual doing that sort of stuff. So there was no need for me to go there. Yeah. And, and you know, I, w- I want to be clear here. I'm not asking you to say this t- to make it sound like, you know, you've got the life of Riley and you're never there and you're away doing whatever. It's not about that. There are lots of extremely high leverage and important things that the business owner needs to be doing, not having a, a bloody nail belt wrapped around their, their middle they there's so many other things that and and all you out there watching know what those things are know you should be getting to them but you you the feedback i'm getting is that you really struggle to get there where do i find the time to get there well here's the answer is getting your team involved in in the creation of systems and procedures uh by doing so uh you can trust the 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 outcomes because they're following the systems and procedures but what are the benefits for the team being trusted and being asked and encouraged to to build these procedures and refine these procedures and um you know really be part of the the contribution of this whole thing what's the what how does it change the team oh i mean they're invested in it they're like we we've got a client uh, at the moment who can't sing the praises enough of a particular team in, in on a job and and he he's just he's saying things like I can't believe how well the guys know the job and um, these sorts of comments come from the architect as well and and honestly the guys have said we don't know the job that well we just know the right questions to ask at the right time because it's <laughs> the process and. That's what it does. It generates thought, which then, you know, if they don't have the information, they ask the right question and they're ahead of the game. And so it gives them confidence. Uh, and, and then we've got guys that are experiencing challenge. So then they're able to create change so that they know then when they get on the next job, oh, I fixed that last time. That's what I fixed. Won't happen again. Like we had a big block sewer recently. Um, now they've got all these prompts in there that are uh, geared up to make sure that it's um, fixed so that it doesn't happen again. But that they have that power. They have that power to change it. So investment, you know, they've got, I don't like to use the word buy-in. but um, Well, that's two words for a start. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's theirs. Like I, so this is something that's good to mention too, that the, this system was built and when it was finished, it wasn't finished until there was five procedures written on how to edit it, how to write a procedure, how to test a procedure, how to save a procedure, how to add a live link to the prompts in Trello. That was 
that was the real completed system so that then it was like, right, now it's yours, guys. And it's had four, three or four revisions. You know, it's now indexed. It's, you know, it's constantly evolving and they're doing that. They're doing that. Yeah. Dougie has asked a question, says, is there a system to delegate? Is there a system to delegate tasks? Well, uh, again, I'm not sure about exactly what Dougie means by that, but it, it's, t- to me, um, if I were to answer the question, the way that I'm reading that question is it's not so much about you being the, the traffic police and delegating, you do this, now you do this, now you do this. It's more about the system is the communication and casting the vision to the team so they want to take responsibility for finding things that aren't working properly in the business and fixing them. And that thing that you said, you know, uh, about the the block sewer or whatever it was, um, they've fixed it, it won't happen again. That is so, so powerful. I want to go back over that again because I, I see it all of the time because of the lack of, of, of procedures and learning from when things happen like that. So every business has some sort of shit fight. Something goes wrong and it gets fixed, but there really isn't any lesson from the problem. It's never really captured. It's never really discussed. And it's and a procedure to prevent it from happening again is never either, ever created, implemented, and measured. So all that happens is that mistake keeps occurring. Everyone gets more and more frustrated. And then there's another mistake. And then there's another and there's another. And then there's this accumulation of mistakes as you go along. What you're doing is the exact opposite. When a mistake occurs, we put something in place to prevent it from happening again, which gives you more freedom, less frustration, more flexibility to deal with the next problem when it comes along because you're not dealing with the other 10 that constantly happen because they haven't been fixed. Is that your your experience? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, we, we have... Uh, um we celebrate the problems. We're constantly talking about celebrating problems as opportunities to fix, and we've got the tool to fix it. So we can go back in there and and work out what didn't work and what we need to tweak so that it doesn't happen again. I mean, it's 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 definitely we still definitely have problems. <laughs> we still definitely have things that need people told they haven't followed it the right way, that sort of stuff, but they're accountable to a system and, um, yeah. Do the guys, um, do the guys contribute to the creation of the system as well? Because I think that's an important point to unpack because the, the system is kind of the red flag or the, the dobber if, if someone doesn't follow a procedure. The system dobs on them. So do you do you encourage the team to create the system so they're all uh, got that investment in in that system and that commitment to follow the, the process because it's not, you know, somebody dobbing on them so that it creates this friction. They're creating their own accountability basically by creating a system for their procedures. Is that um, how you guys yeah. do it? Well, I mean, originally I, I built it. And, like, it got to the point where it was everything in it was after the fact and so they couldn't check anything off. So then it was revised to be preventative, which they did, Um, and and then it's evolved. Our production manager found that he didn't have a system of his own because he wasn't on site every day, so he built his own system that holds the team accountable for site on the things that matter to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Craig built one for estimation. Uh, our internal ops built their own. And we've now got a virtual assistant in the Philippines who works on our contract administration board. Um, so the job comes up, there's certain prompts she can go through and procedures she can follow to, you know, just file stuff, do that sort of stuff. So she's 
testing it and, and giving us advice on how it's working. Yeah. That, I love that, you know. Um, the, the, the procedures are so well documented, so well created that you can hand it to somebody in, a, in another country and they can follow that process and get you a great result. Uh, more than likely for, for pennies on the dollar compared to having somebody do it, do it local. Yeah. It's great stuff. Um, ben has asked, I'm not sure that we answered Dougie's question properly, is there a system to delegate? But I would say to Dougie that, that the system is for delegation. You know, you can, you can delegate stuff, you can hand procedures to people and you can de- delegate prompts to anyone that's capable of. They've got their own account, they can sign into Trello and they're responsible for following it. Yeah, it's up to the team to determine if that person's capable, but it's not percent. Uh, Ben's got a question as well, but Dougie said he loves that uh, celebrate the problems. Um, but Ben's just asked, have you got an example for procedures for a certain system, e.g., standing trusses? Just so you can give him an example of what a, a, a procedure might look like. Uh, well, I think for procedures like that, it would be just a checklist. I mean, if you've got guys standing procedures, uh, standing trusses, they're, they're there to stand trusses. So, I mean, a, a truss um, a trust setup comes out with a plan and pretty much a procedure with it. Mm. So I would be looking for the pain points, what goes wrong, what are the set-out points, how a lot of it's to do with how square the frames are and how, you know, all those sorts of things that cause you the headaches with the trusses. You know, whether you've measured them before the frames are up or you're waiting till after, a lot of times we try and speed things like that up. So maybe the procedure's earlier. We don't do a lot of trusses. I mean, our our roofs are a bit more funky than truss roofs, so... I don't have one for that, but, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that the guys at the moment, we've, we've really refined a lot of our stuff to just checklists. What are the pain points? Yeah. That's what you really need. Where yeah. are you, where are the stuff-ups constantly occurring? Because they're the same all the time. Yeah, you don't have to have a procedure on how to turn on the computer. Like, we know how to turn on the computer. We just need to have procedures for what causes us grief and um, you know, I think it's it's worth reiterating that because you said we talk about it every day, but I'm sure that you have regular conversations and I'm convinced that you guys have created an amazing environment and a, what I call a safe place to have a whinge, you know. I think it's so important for the team to have a safe place to have a whinge. And what that means is that I think traditionally, if someone's complaining about something, what's the response from other people? You know, harden up, princess, just get on with it, get over it. No one wants to hear a complainer and all of that sort of stuff. But if you create a safe place to put something on the table that frustrates you, that annoys you, that grinds your gears, that um, you just don't like or it's boring or repetitive or whatever, and and it's safe to be able to put that on the table and say, that shits me. And every other person around the table goes, okay, that's my teammate over there talking about a pain point, something that he doesn't like for whatever reason, because we're in this team, it's now my objective and, and, and I've got to commit to helping my teammate come up with a solution so that bit of pain is taken out of his day and it is replaced with enjoyment and and I've had many conversations over the years with your team members and uh, th- they are inspiring your your team members are inspiring about what they say about what it's like to work in your team um, and what it's like to be supported by you guys and uh, be listened to, be appreciated. And it's it's not about just having meetings and talking. They have to experience you being serious about this stuff and implementing what you're hearing from them. So, you know, have you got a special team or did you work very hard in this area? <laughs> I'm constantly working hard in this area. Um, we, we've, 
we, we're constantly experiencing and, and some of this stuff actually challenges people quite regularly. We've had team members leave because of it, because uh, of the accountability. Uh, Why did they leave? Uh, because they were being held to account. Yeah, being held to account. Nowhere to hide. Yeah, nowhere to hide pretty much. And, and like, let's face it, they weren't doing it properly either. Yeah. They, they weren't getting it done. So, so it's, it's not a bad thing to lose somebody because they don't want to be held to account? No, no. But, but on the other side of it, we had an apprentice, a second-year apprentice, a mature-age apprentice running a job at handover using the system. Yeah. So need to be accountable. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, I, I work on it. I've, I've always worked on it. I've, I've worked for a good, a good company before with not the best leader, and, um, but the heart was in it. And I really want people to enjoy their work. And I, I honestly feel like my purpose is to make sure that they, our team enjoy what they do. And I haven't been able to deliver that. Um, all of the time, and and still, I'm not, it's not where I want it to be. And when did you uh, discover that? When did you start to think that? Because that's that's an absolutely fascinating point. Oh, I think it's always been there that I've really, really been passionate about making sure that I make this environment great for the team, um, because I know that that result ends up benefiting everyone that they impact. Mm. You know. And, and more importantly, subcontractors, because they're the ones that are the ones delivering a lot of the home. So, um, and then the byproduct is a good and happy client. So, um, I want them to have fun. And I know how negative sites can get very, very quickly, mm. particularly the renovation market, the tight sites, complicated challenge problem. People can't draw it. You're always blaming someone else. But the problems are always the same. They always repeat because if they can't communicate it or articulate it well, they definitely can't put it on paper. So we need to know how we can empower guys that aren't confident because, again, a lot of it comes through instilling confidence and tradesmen have this mindset where they should not feel like they should know everything. But that, it's impossible. There's so much stuff changing, constantly changing. I mean, we've had just this exorbitant change in regulations in in the last 12 months through the VBA changing stuff. So there's just this constant evolution of things going on and I want to instill confidence in the team to empower them to make effective decisions. Mm. And, and, and so... A lot of the foundation of this is for that. Yeah. I just really love that that whole mindset and, and I just want to repeat it to encourage people to do their very best to have that mindset shift that, that if you are the owner of the business, one of your biggest, if not your biggest responsibility is to learn what you need to learn, improve your skills in the area that you need to improve for the purposes of making everybody on your team and I'm including subcontractors in your team more successful. So if your paradigm, if your mindset is my purpose is to make that apprentice more successful, that tradesman more successful, that subcontractor more successful, what do I need to learn? What do I need to know? What What skills do I need to build and refine to be able to make them more successful because we're, we're talking to Adam who I uh, believe is incredibly successful from, from my criteria in any case in the, in the building industry from the perspective has a, has a great team, a great business. They do um, great projects uh, and, and they're forever growing and changing the team love working there uh, it's just an amazing environment. So, you know, to me, tick, 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 successful. But I think the main reason that that success has come about is because the business owner's commitment to learning what they need to learn to be able to support and make their team members, including their subcontractors, and I'll include in that an, uh, the architect, 
I'll include in that the architect, making them more successful. You know, they're just it, 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 it's so, so important to get that, folks, that I don't care how good you are and I don't care how good your skills and abilities to build something is because you can never, ever, ever build a great and successful building business by yourself. The only way you're ever going to create a great business is creating a great team and attracting great clients with great projects then you'll have a great business. But the, the key is you having that paradigm shift to, um, to, to, to commit to making every single person on your team, and as I said, including all of the, the peripheral people like the subbies, architects, whatever, more successful. What do I need to do to help them become more successful? It needs to be a constant question. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the first relationship you had with um, Georgie, the architect? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we found, we, we, we responded to uh, a lead from one of those service seeking or something like that from an architect looking for a, for a builder and, and ended up pricing the job for a two-rack job and, I mean, she'd had so much trouble with builders prior to us and uh, and when she saw all the protection on all the bench tops and um, some actual care and thought, meeting minutes and this sorts of stuff, uh, she was pretty blown away and that was seven years ago. So, and, I mean, we've done every job of her since. I, I, I've interviewed, a, interviewed her some time ago for a, uh, uh, for a video and... Um, I, I just remember thinking, you don't hear this very often. When when she was basically saying, uh, when she gets a prospect coming to her, uh, she fundamentally would not take on that that person's job, that person's project, unless unless that that prospect agreed to uh, make Rock City the builder. So not going to do the project unless you choose this builder. End of story. I mean, how good is that? Yeah. I mean, that's the way it is. And, you know, we're, we've now referred a couple of people to her and, and the, it's all in, in motion. So it's come the other way as well, you know, because we're sending that message that you need to talk to a builder almost before you talk to an architect, to our previous clients who are now saying they wish they did that. So. <laughs> Um, yeah. So just getting back to some, um, I suppose, technique, if you like, when you're talking with your team and, and let's say you come up with a pain point, do you have a procedure to capture or create a procedure? Yeah, so the guys have little black books that they keep and they just they'll write notes. So I write them in whenever I find them. We also use Trello for our system. <clears throat> and between each stage, there's a prompt that says, um, "What problem? What opportunities did you find throughout this stage? Please comment in the box below. What wins did you find?" And so the guys will comment in there on challenges, or wins or challenges, uh, opportunities to fix. But and they can't get a hundred percent on that card until they comment or tick it off that they had these wins. So then the comments get sent to our production manager and in his production manager board said, have you actioned the comments? Do they need to be added? You know, what procedure needs to be effective? That sort of thing. So he, his job is to then determine what action gets taken with the comments. Mm. Um. Dougie asked another question a little while ago and I missed it. And he just says, does every builder have their own systems? And I, I suspect um, the answer to that question would be yes and no, that the builders that have systems would have their own unique systems. But I would suggest to you that most builders don't have any systems. I, I, would, I would go one further and say yes, but they're in their head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how useless is that? Um, 
And and but uh, having said that, I think in, and you've experienced it as well, and you've contributed to it uh, in in black belt, and it even happens to a, a certain degree in builders in a circle. But most definitely in black belt, you've got all of these different builders who, when they create a, a process or a system, um, there there is a central repository called Box where people upload resources and checklists and cheat sheets and and you know, fully worked procedures and processes and systems and they put it in this central place for other members of Black Belt to go get, you know, which which is just so good because you don't have to invent the wheel, you know, and somebody could get something that, that took two years for somebody to create, download it, uh, start using it and and refine it and give it back to the originator and then all of a sudden they've got a better better process. So it's just so good when when people... Uh, start to to work with each other in this manner, and you know you can uh, you can even do that within the building business. You know you you don't ha- a single business. You don't have to have the administrative people only working on administrative systems and procedures. Quite often, somebody who has nothing to do with it has some really really great ideas because they're not limited by the the, the conditioning and the norms. Without a doubt, I mean, Mick, I was just talking to Simone from Viva Homes last week, you know, and we are just bouncing different ideas off each other and, I mean, it was a great conversation for an hour and a half and I walked away with these little nuggets and I know she did as well. So, it's yeah. It's, it's so good to do that, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we created Builders in a Circle. Um, so the environment's there, guys. All you need to do is is start to use it and, and start to communicate more, start to ask more questions, reach out, ask for help. That's the first thing you need to do is put your hand up and say, you know, I'm having this problem. What's the, what's, what's the solution? And sometimes there's a solution, sometimes there's not. But uh, there's never a solution until you put your hand up for it. And, uh, you know, I'm noticing that there's quite a lot of support getting around in in Builders in a Circle. There's there's some questions that I know that I answer for some of the people in Builders in a Circle. I could just imagine their response to my answer. They probably go, that's not the answer that I would have liked. You're kind of, you're pointing the finger at me and saying, I've got to get, get off my ass and change my mindset. Well, yeah, you know, I don't mean to be mean sometimes, but we've we've got to face reality you know we've 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 got to face reality and i know and you'd you'd agree with this you would have experienced that that in our conversations in the past we may have been talking about you know a problem uh that's happening with with one of your team members and i don't reckon once i would have have uh, pointed the finger at anybody else apart from you to fix it yeah oh without doubt i mean i um I've done a lot of self-assessment and I'm continually uh, reminding our team of the environment that we're in is a result of our actions. And, um, you know, I will con- consistently for the rest of myself, the rest of my life, hold myself accountable for any situation I find myself in. Yeah. Again, a- another gold nugget that needs to be expanded upon that. You know, a, 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 a true leader uh, will always give the credit for success to the team and will always accept full responsibility when the performance is lacklustre or below par. It's a little bit lonely being a leader, but that's what true leaders do. Um, Dougie said system is still in his head, uh, needs it on paper. Oh, yeah, Maybe, uh, and maybe there's some some other tools that you can start to use. I know that there's lots of apps. Um, uh, Stephen O'Keefe, if you can just pop the, the one in there that you use, something about something Monday, whatever it is, I think that's probably a good app. What are some of the, the technologies that uh, you use in Rock City? Uh, we use Trello. We build our system on Trello, um, which is like it's like a scrum board, Mick, you know, hmm. but digitised. Um, there's, there's another good tool, um, Wonderlist. So you can create lists in Wonderlists. Um, yeah, we use Trello and Dropbox, and we've also got Build a Trend. Build a Trend. So that's a builder software. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we spoke to somebody who was it? It was Todd in Nebraska 
on Friday morning last week from Builder Trend. We spoke to a couple of different building software businesses over the last few weeks. Tomorrow night we're speaking with uh, Dan from Build Exact, uh, and I think we spoke to Daniel and no, it wasn't. It was Damien and Mark from uh, Trades Quote in Queensland. And so we've spoken to quite a few. Uh, Stephen O'Keefe says Monday.com uh, is kind of like digital time management, which is a, a good little tool as well. So um, quite often that the whole, um, you know, something like build a trend is, is a good place to to start, you know, a software like that, or it could be trades quote, well, you've got to figure out which is best for you. Um, but as you can see, you know, I, I would rate um, um, Adam's business very, very highly as far as being organized and systemized and procedurized, and they're still using multiple platforms. Don't I don't think there's a platform that exists that that takes care of everything. There's there's all sorts of different platforms you're going to need to to perform this. But um, you know, I think that the secret and and what I've taken from this is that you've got to have that commitment to understanding that your main role is to help your team, your subbies, you know, architects, whoever else, um, more successful. That's that's the number one thing. If that's your commitment, how you do that is encourage them to create, refine, measure the effectiveness of, of, of procedures and systems to encourage them to contribute to that so they have that ownership, they have that investment in it. Um, and and I think the other thing is is to create that safe place where, where it's okay for someone to have a whinge, you know, <laughs> because uh, a problem can't be fixed until it comes out into the open. And if people are holding it, you know, in and dealing it with them themselves or, or just ignoring it and getting the shits about it, um, it, it can never be fixed, and it and it and it just festers under the surface, and it starts to cause lots of other other problems. So, we talk about radical transparency and uh, radical openness. Um, that's something we talk about quite a lot. And that, if if anyone wants to read a good book on that stuff, Ray Dalio's Principles. It's fantastic. So, what's the name of the book again? Uh, Principles. Principles. Ray Dalio. How do I spell the last name? D-A-L-I-O. That's probably how I would have done it. <laughs> I don't think. I just wanted to check. Bridgewater. Bill McCallowitz. <laughs> I've spelled it that many times. I think I can spell McCallowitz better than Mike can. Dougie... He loves you. <laughs> he, he, said, he loves you. He didn't. I don't know what you look like. Though. This guy, and I'm sure he's talking about you. Uh, thanks for all of your interaction, Dougie. Dave Hall has just joined us uh, the last little while. So, uh, for all of those people that are out there, Grant said, Terry, Emma, Ben, Steve, Lee, Wayno, Hugh, Susan, and Stevie O. Uh, thanks for joining us. I hope this has been worthwhile. Um, appreciate Adam putting his evening aside. Um, it didn't seem to have bothered the dog much. Uh, he's having a good old nap. Didn't seem to worry him at all. Got up and had a drink when he wanted to. Got up in a few circles, got more comfortable, went back to sleep. So thanks, dog. What's the dog's name? Bosley. Bosley. <laughs> Who calls their dog Bosley? We do. That's uh, is that a, is that a reference to Charlie's Angels or? Is... Uh, but we get asked that question a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to be so predictable. <laughs> All right, folks, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, tomorrow night. As I said, Builders Problem Solved, 8 p.m. tomorrow night. We'll be talking uh, to, I think, Dan from Build Exact, so another Builders Software conversation, um, give you a bit more information. Uh, who somebody said uh, love Ray's book. So Dougie must have read it already as well. So there you go. Uh, Susan said lots to do. 
Stephen said, thanks, Adam. Awesome once again. So uh, I concur. It has been fantastic. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you've got any questions that you'd like to ask when uh, you're watching the replay, feel free to put them in the comment section and we will do our best to come up with an answer. If we can't find the answer for you, I assure you we'll make something up. Um, but you'll definitely be answered one way or the other. So thank you, uh, Adam, uh, and thanks, uh, Bosley. Thanks, we'll uh, see you on, on. So thanks, folks. Uh, we'll be seeing you tomorrow night. Builders Problem Solved, 8 p.m. See you there. Bye for now. <laughs>